0: hey everybody welcome to the daily objective today is friday i'm happy to be here i uh was just out making a movie all week boy was it the antithesis to the past year and a half busy social outside the house all of that and uh sorry i was just hearing the playback on my headphones so uh, i was a little bit confused there for a second (laughs) don't you hate when that happens so um i wanted to talk Uh, We want, I wanted to talk to these two guys and we would all like to talk to you about self development there's sort of a culture around it it's probably i'm. uh, i'm going to estimate it sort of probably became an industry in the 1980s, a lot of modern. uh, industry sort of emerged during that time wonderful decade of prosperity, Uh, the future had arrived, the future had arrived, it was the 80s finally we're here. Um, We even have machines that could almost sound like they're talking, people said. And uh, flash forward to today, it's still very much an industry. Uh, It would be interesting to sort of explore what's taking place in the industry or kind of how that concept is often used, that self-development and all of that, and what it might mean to you and me as students of objectivism, the philosophy of Ayn Rand. Here to discuss it with me and with you is, first off, we've got one of one of my top three favorite co-hosts on the show. It's Greece's very own Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Hi, everyone. And as a special guest today, a guy you know, you requested him by popular demand. He finally has returned to the show. It's Josh Dixon. Yeah, good, good to see
1: you all. Good to be back.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, jo- Josh, you're a um. You do you're a psychologist as well as a, a surfing instructor. You take people to the beaches of North Africa. And
1: I'm not you, I'm not a, I, I'm not a surf instructor. I have a surf team that do that on our retreats, our self-development retreats. You could you could call them. Um, well,
0: delegation takes a lot of focus, hard work. Yeah. And I, you know, I delegate a lot. We delegate so delegation, even though if you're not doing the instructing yourself, you make sure it gets done yeah. so uh that you know you're you're I'm, I'm bringing this up because you're tying mind with the body people are surfing very much a bodily experience and of course you're looking to address mental health and mental issues so uh, what
1: I, I call surfing forced mindfulness force like you need you'd better uh if, if you'd better not, think if you're not in the, if, if you're not in the moment forget about it game over so it allows and it, one of the major benefits of it is it allows you to not think about anything else for a while. And for some people, that's an important respite from say their depressive thinking or their anxieties and so on like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That reminds me of when I had COVID-19 there's something I haven't, uh, talked about on the show in a while. Um, I got hit with a chest pain for, I don't know if it was for a minute for five, 10 minutes. I it's hard to know, but for some amount of time I was laying there, and with enormous chest pain, and all I can do was breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And the sort of nice part of that is that for a minute there, I could not think about anything that is not relevant to my immediate concerns. it's it, You know, uh, we're, we're trying to both um, live in reality, but also we don't want to be cavemen, we don't want to be animals, we don't want to just be concrete bound dogs, we want to uh, be, think use abstractions, we want to be philosophical, so there's, therein is the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Nikos, uh, w- would you say you err more on the side of empiricism, that is concrete boundedness? or rationalism which is a, you're floating away in in the world of ideas like an astronaut.
2: So I don't know where, which of the two but I would say that introspection is something that I always found very difficult. I didn't even know that I found it difficult because it's something that I've never done. So be, and here's here's the interesting thing that we need let's say the specialist to help us a bit. So you, I've spent hours and hours and hours and hours that if you put them together are days and weeks and months listening to podcasts, audio books about the general, let's say, direction of quote self development. And the actual time I spend with myself thinking, OK, where is your life going? What do you like in life? What do we even want to develop? What is the self that you want to develop? And it was in a way not there. And I would say the same with objectivism. Uh, we have a common friend who says that the best self-help book in the history is The Fountainhead. So it's one thing to consume, and I use the term consume consciously, to consume objectivist, let's say, content. Oh, Howard drug is so good. And not stop for a second and say, okay, how is this related to my life? So that's, that's the balance I'm interested in. The consumption of all this material and whether it's indicate something positive, that there is some hidden individualism behind self development, because the idea is I need to do something with my life, which is either going to waste or it's not as brilliant as I would like it to be. So what is this balance that on the one hand, the culture is more and more is less and less individualistic is more and more about your part of your group part of your tribe sacrifice for the group. And on the other hand, we see this explosion in this type of content, whether it is uh, how to be better with the uh, romantic partners, with your help, with meditation, with uh, different diets, all that stuff. So this is my first question to Josh. How do you see this balance of an anti-individualistic
1: society where self-development is booming though? Is this a contradiction? I don't think it's a contradiction. I think what you're seeing is what's always been there. It's just getting more and more magnified. So um, I, I had this discussion um, with an objectivist, uh, when they came over to London a while ago. And, um, I was saying, you know, they were saying that in many ways, nothing has moved on in the field of ethics. And I said, well, I don't think that's quite true. I think that people are still hat tipping to altruism all the time. Yet I think now people would, I don't, I think people would put up with conscription less than at any, any stage. I, th- I think people wouldn't be up for that compared to 50, 60 years ago. I think people would be more outraged by that because I think there's an element of I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's not what I believe in. Also the explosion of self-help. I think that people, it's, it's. Um, I can remember someone telling me that, you know, their grandmother had written to them and said, oh, what is it about the young today that believe that they can, that happiness is an important part of their lives. Yeah, whereas now I think happiness is considered a very important thing that people should pursue the goal of it is murky some the the kind of the general best which is very lightweight is if i'm happy then i can be happy and productive for my family and for my loved ones and so on it's that that analogy if i put the oxygen mask on the plane and myself first then i can and that's about the best that you kind of get outside of objectivism but there is definitely like i also think that um, in in society in general now you are encouraged to pursue the career that you want to pursue. I think that's much more common with parents are open to that. Whereas before you did the family business or what or the careers advisor at school suggested. So I think that in that area I think it's definitely a massive improvement. So I think and I think the the as you said before we we started today the amount of self help books that sell in the um, airports are huge. Now, something I wanted to say about those kind of books is I have actually get a lot of value from them. My, my experience of a lot of those books is the best, the most important content is in the first quarter or third. And then I think what happens is the authors are told by the editors that they need to make a book that's at least 180 pages. So what happens is they start making up quite a lot of nonsense or repeat all the time and all the time, you know, for example, you take some of seligman's work or chick Sentmihai's high's work so at the end they start talking about you know global happiness countries' happiness these sorts of things and and nearly everyone reports that being really boring and they're not able to sort of grab hold of but they want to know how they can be happy i find for me that i get the most value out of those books when i choose the book because it's something that i'm already seeking out so i i hear about flow so i go and get the flow book. Or, or I, I want to hear about, I want to read about ways of thinking, you know, Daniel Kahneman and stuff, stuff like that, stuff that I'm already quite interested in. And I look at it and I take is there's, there's a there's a phrase that's used a lot in 12 step fellowships, which is take what you like and leave the rest. And that's my principle with a lot of these books is there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of bad philosophy in there. So you'll read a, a fantastic book all about how to make you happy. And then how. You should be an altruist and sacrifice. And what they're what they mostly, I believe, confusing is they're confusing benevolence with altruism. And I think that's uh, I think that's a piece that needs to be repeated again and again and again and again. You know, when I mentioned it on HBL one time, I was told to go and read a book, uh, read an article from one of the very earliest objectivist newsletters. And I'm thinking, well, if that's, I've got to go and read an article from 1963 what's going on here this is something that should be hammered again and maybe maybe i should be doing that because if you know i should practice what i preach but it's i so i went and i bought a copy of that online and i really wanted to to get into that because i think that is one of the big confusions in a lot of that literature is the confusion of benevolence and altruism no, I whenever, I, whenever i do work on, sorry to dominate whenever whenever i do, do talk about values hierarchies in with people in treatment and and clients and groups, everyone gets it. Everyone gets what a sacrifice is in that context. Everyone realizes 90% say that that's wrong. And that explains why they're codependent, explains why they're miserable, explains why they've never done the career they wanted to do and, and so on. So I think there's, I think Don Watkins said one time is that no one seems to reject the ideas of objectivism in their individual parts. But they seem to hate the overall picture you know when you talk about one oh that makes sense or you know i did i remember doing things about happiness in uh, in a group one time i've repeated this a few times but it really struck me and someone went what's she saying i, you know, I put various quotations like aristotle and nietzsche and ayn rand and other psychologists all on a one piece of paper and people were reading through it about happiness and one person went wow what she's saying there is absolutely brilliant God, that's so true. I hate her. She's awful. But this is absolutely fantastic. And I find this is something that comes up time and time again. But my point in terms of self help and self development is there is a lot of value. And I I would say about half of half of what I use in my therapeutically come has come from self help books. You know, it hasn't just come from the training course or reading peer reviewed journals, a lot of it is very good common sense stuff i have a
2: follow-up on this, but roger Mm -hmm. you go first
0: yeah so the conflation of benevolence with altruism is is prevalent also the conflation of selfishness with dropping context uh the two are obviously not the same but i mean you know you mentioned the 12-step program josh um yeah you know it famously says in the literature uh selfishness is the root of all our problems but i think a better way to say it is Context dropping is the root. I mean, because pursuing your selfish desires is the good thing. But you need to ask, like, what is the most fundamental thing that I want? A good life, a not not, not pleasure of the moment at the cost of my future, but a good life. And now then, then uh, next comes the question, well, how to get there? And of course, selfishness now means the big picture. Um, So, and this duality between uh, altruism and egoism, which, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, what are the ethics of the culture? I think the duality has long been there. Uh, The more we've seen kind of good signs through history, like the enlightenment, like the founding fathers of America, we see egoism the way that we see it, like kind of emerging, you know, peaking its face, but there's almost always a little bit of a kind of dutiful language attached to it. And the more we see that duty, and rejection of reality and renouncement type of language um, in writings through history, that's usually accompanied by uh, darker times in history. Uh, but, and, but the it, people might be tempted to say, well, yeah, that duality between egoism and altruism, that's just a part of being a, a person, that's just part of the West, it's part of history, it's part of civilization, but no, it's not inherent. Uh, the duality, The contradictions don't actually exist. There is no need to hold on to any contradictions. Altruism should be completely called into question. And I think uh, thrown away. And now again, egoism, selfishness, the big picture, the pursuit of the good life and everything that that entails is the path forward individually and um, there and thereby becomes the sort of uh, destiny of civilization itself.
1: I thought you were going to say collectively. And then I saw I mean, uh, I could say it and you would
0: you would know what I meant. But I didn't want to throw that in there at the moment to confuse anybody. Uh, Nikos?
2: Yeah, so I have no disagreement with with that. But I want to follow up on something that Joe said, you mentioned the issue of therapy. Mm. And there's a big misunderstanding in my mind. Where is like, what is the role So can you quote self-help yourself out of issues that to use the common language would need therapy? That's the one question. So what's the difference between I read the book, I understand things. So I have read books through which I've seen things about myself and others. And I say, okay, this needs to be sorted out. What is the difference between I help myself and I need someone to help me? And here's the, the, the second question on this for many objectivists the worldview of your psychologist or your psychiatrist or of the professional on the other side will be different you're gonna hear things for example about the nature of the world well there is you know you can't control everything uh, it's a mere coincidence that we are in this universe or you care too much about you we're gonna hear probably i i haven't got concretes but you're probably gonna hear things that are gonna trigger your your view so and it's not uh, it's not possible for everyone to find uh, an objectivist uh, therapist or a professional to help you i mean i assume the ones that we know are too good and their price is beyond uh, most people's <laughs> budget so how do you deal with this so first of all what is the line after which it's not an issue of i need to understand my health better but i need help and what do you do by the fact that odds are that this person that you're going to have opposite of you is going to be someone with whom you radically disagree on many important issues about morality, the nature of existence, the nature maybe even of your mind, and things like that. There's a lot
1: of a lot of good questions in there. I, I would say that a lot of those self help books are therapy. I'd say that what I often think they're a good starting point. I think where they fall down is that you can't challenge. It's very hard to challenge yourself. A lot of people, you know, particularly those who are needing the kind of therapy are going to be less able to do that. So the therapist can be there as someone to challenge. But also therapy isn't just um, cognitive work, which I think you get a lot from what you get from self-help books are various ways of, of cognitive techniques and information. And sometimes having a therapist or psychologist is there to help you integrate that information. There's also context, so like there's no way you're going to do really good uh, trauma work from a book. It's just too complex, it's too deep, it requires too many different factors that a book's not going to bring to you. In the same way that you may study a book on architecture but you need to go to the building site too and you need to be in the office. So. I think there are various contexts there, but I think um, I think you can get a lot of value and a lot of help from um, self-help books. In terms of like finding a good therapist or psychologist, the the modality or the domain they work in is massive. So you're much more likely to get some, like good rational therapy from a CBT therapist than from a. Oh, let me think. I, I, I just some of the ones that I come across that that, that I'm like, you know, very woo woo, or very, um, um, uh, for example, there's, there's the psychic society in London that I do a therapy course. Well, if you, if you want to go there, good luck to you, in my opinion, you know, I I'm very, but again, you may be what you may be looking for is some form of connection. And maybe that's what you're after there, and you would get that there. But so the modality is very important, because it's such a broad term therapy. But I, I, I wouldn't. I would never dismiss um, psych because a lot of those books is psychoeducation, and psycho we call it psychoeducation. So it's education about psychology. But psychoeducation is it. It has has been shown time and time and time and time again in studies to have a treatment effect in itself. For a lot of people, that is enough. Ah, the reason I'm responding to this is because of this. Okay, I've got that awareness now. I can work with that awareness some people's issues are too deep rooted and need the help of someone else to hold them while you go there even the, people, uh, yeah, the the
0: emphasis the emphasis on addressing problems uh, almost uh is i think an issue like it should be a, i mean yes it is about identifying problems and correcting them but correcting them in the pursuit of of something good right uh, mm-hmm. kind of the more i learn the more i realize how much positive values that's why Art is such an important part of not only uh, the good life, but also understanding a philosophy like objectivism. You need to read Rand's literature. You cannot fully grasp it simply from reading the nonfiction, I think. Um, And yeah, you need to pursue, be in pursuit of something positive, just like when addressing addiction. It's not just about eliminating the uh, harmful habit. It's about the pursuit of something in its stead, something better, um, something good. I, uh, the more kind of I learn the philosophy of objectivism, the more I see ways in which it could be misunderstood and like conflated for subjectivism, let's say, because of uh, the emphasis on values. Oh, well, if, if values are at play, then it's subjective. So here's, so there's an instance where an arrogant sort of uninterested person would just dismiss the philosophy, but a, an earnestly curious person would ask for further clarification and i would offer to students of objectivism when we're looking out into the culture when we're looking at self-help programs books people that have ideas whatever it is a possible potential source of knowledge and help don't be dismissive necessarily i would say ask for further clarification there could very well be uh some good ideas some good tools uh there have been good thinkers other than ayn rand ayn rand herself learned a lot she was standing on many shoulders of giants before her. Um, and there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Ayn Rand is not the first egoist, she may be the first complete unfiltered egoist, but there have been a lot of good sort of egoist influenced uh, thinkers and before Rand and since I might add as well. So Can I ask
2: a question on that. I might be putting Josh on the spot. So feel free to skip. And this is not with my objectivist hat. Okay. Uh, Raka mentioned the uh, influences in RAND. Uh, I don't know if you've read uh, Nathaniel Brandon's The Pillars of Self Esteem. There's a lot of disagreements whether this book is based on related even to Brandon's objectivist days or whether it's a departure. At the same time, for many people, it's the bridge between someone who had something to do with Rand and uh, self-development so in some ways it is it's one of the most famous self-development books so again uh, for we without let's say our objective is hard, would you recommend it as a book and do you see in it some themes that would be of interest to someone who is interested in objectives
1: it's a good question. I, I've read the book, and I don't remember much about it. So I think that says quite a lot. I remember thinking that the best value I got from it were some of the exercises he suggested doing. And the set like the famous sentence completion exercises that he talks about and and the ways of, of looking at that. And I found that to be quite powerful with clients. Now, I do loosely remember Harry Binswanger saying something in one of the meeting the minds, I think that the sentence completion exercises were something that Brandon took from somewhere else. He was saying we knew about those before he published that. So um, I I think from what what I remember, you would get some value from it. I would suggest reading The Psychology of Self-Esteem, which uh, I'm revisiting at the moment, which is the book before that, but um, he wrote while still in the objectivist movement and as I always say to um, when I'm doing talks for for um, Ayn Rand Center UK, is uh, the best self-help book I've ever read. Is the Fountainhead. Oh, so it's you who came up with the line. I'm always saying that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I thought it was Razi, but I couldn't no, 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 remember where def- I heard that line first.
1: Definitely something that I'm uh, I always say. I think it's the best. It's the best psychology novel I've ever read. And there's so much value around psychology. It explains in a different context, it explains egoism, explains values, it explains values, hierarchy, explains self-esteem, all in amazing context. purpose. It, uh, it also explains codependence and, and so it's so, and, and how these things will destroy or, or, or build a mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's absolutely like the best self-help book i've ever read
2: mm-hmm. do and i regarding... have time for one more question raka do you yeah for you to ask a question sure okay so and then i assume we can go to chats and stuff so just the question is how do you actually do the self-development so let's say someone is reading books keeping notes all that stuff yeah. what is the way through which you integrate these in your life i know this is the most generic question possible but at least reflecting to your life to your experience, because I know you have a lot of interest in reading this type of literature, and you've suggested some good uh, work to us. By the way, people, you can find sessions, workshops with Jos in the early days of the lockdown. So if you go to the channel last year, I think around April and May, you're going to find some super interesting workshop with Jos. So how did you in your own life how did you implement these things so let's say practically how do i integrate this knowledge into my life so it's not just i read books and it becomes let's say mental gymnastics but it's something that is has it serves my purpose let's put it this way it serves my purpose it, it, it's it's it's
1: direct towards the purpose i think what you're saying is um how do i implement it is that what yeah. you're saying yeah, yeah. I know it, sounds, it might sound a bit trite, but you've just got to do it. So a lot of these books have suggestions of things that you should do. You just have to do it, like exercise twice a week. Do it and see what the results are. These are some exercises set, you, know, um, you know, take, take uh, Martin Seligman's Learned Optimism. He talks all about optimism in there and how you can learn to be optimistic. But he also teaches you the exercises you need to do what you have to sit down, write on the piece of paper and actually do it. And uh, you just have you have to implement the action otherwise there's going to be no change. And so you, you, it's basic it, it sounds basic, but it's simple but not easy. And I think that's a principle that needs to be stated a lot with a lot of this work. It's simple what you need to do, but it's not easy and it's not easy for deep seated reasons. And that sometimes they need to be unearthed and we have to look at why can't I sit down and write out, these, these um, I don't know, for example, in, in addiction recovery, for example, people write out, uh, there's a thing, you know, step one, you write out examples of your powerlessness and the damages you've caused to self and others. It's only from you have to sit down and write it for it to really be integrated. So it's, it's in the doing in the same way that you can read a book about going to the gym, but you have to do the reps. Yeah, and that's okay. that that switch. And then if you can't do it, that needs investigating the why. Yeah, some super chats. We've got uh, two dollars from Robert saying this is going to be
0: good. I think history has proven him to be right. Marilene with four dollars, uh, then we've got Eric with four ninety nine, says dealing with trauma is necessary. On the other hand, focusing on past negative events can be self-defeating. Sometimes it's good to let go. And uh, yeah this is a, a, one of those instances where someone can easily misconstrue what he what Enric is saying and think oh so you're saying just don't think about I'm saying he's saying I'll speak on his behalf it's it, it is about cleaning up the past but it's also about looking forward and asking what's next what am i moving towards rather than just uh looking at the rear view mirror so it, it, there's if you if, if 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 someone is combative they're, they're looking for disagreement they can find take issue with anything that anybody says but um
2: but i think follow up yes follow up to make sure that we're all on board because i'm Mm -hmm. not for example what exactly is trauma i'm not sure i understand this so i get it that if you are in uh, kabul and the talibans arson your house that's a very obvious trauma right it was a traumatic event but could it be that there's something which is quote trauma that you don't even know it is because I've heard a lot of stories about oh you have to go back and find that traumatic experience how is it the trauma if you can't even remember it or am I getting it wrong so basically what is trauma?
1: It's a very very good question because trauma is not the event trauma is the response to the event so it's the change in either the way you see the world the change in cognition and and the symptoms of the after effects of that event so trauma manifests it could be in flashbacks, nightmares, freeze response, flight responses, fight responses, dissociation. So it's it's the way you respond and, and really trauma is an unintegrated event. So the, uh, an unintegrated, the event has not been integrated properly. Sorry, that's what I, how I should have phrased it. And um, one of the issues is that the event might not seem as the brain, there's a lot of problems that happen to the wounds to the brain that happen with trauma, but, you might know that an event's over but it doesn't feel like it's over so there's these 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 schisms so trauma really is not the event it's the response to the event how and and there's we, we we could do 20 hours on this um but that's really what so trauma is not the event and the main response to adverse events is resilience and growth that's what that's what mostly happens with everybody in their life but there are certain events in certain situations that cause a, a, a maladaptive response to the adversity, and that's what trauma is. Am it's I right? You're doing panic. something
2: on resilience with ARC UK members, or have I misunderstood? No, on
1: Sunday, the Pro- productivity okay. hub. Yeah, I'm okay, so this, this Sunday,
2: good. as part of the productivity hub,
1: uh, I'm not a sure on.
2: about time and stuff, but. Jos is going to be with us talking particularly on this and addressing particular specific questions. So if yeah. you're not yet a member of ARC UK, even if it's only for this, which is not only for this, because we have all these other things, but even for this, I would say it's worth it. We're going to get some time with Josh. we're going to ask him questions and so we're going to have way more time to elaborate the answer. So obviously this is not a therapy session. It's a session through through which we can understand some things better. And particularly, the notion of resilience, which is central in uh, what Josh has been saying to us again, going back to the to last year's workshop. So just to remind people actually not to remind announce to people that
0: our members will have this chance this Sunday. Back to you, Raga. All right, Robert with $3 says quote, excuse me, but how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Uh, is that Interesting. Do you, is he referring to uh, something from a movie or is that just just a grandiose thing to say like, oh, I'm supposed to be performing at Carnegie Hall, right? Like kind of like going from re- like uh, from like just assuming you're entitled to be right in Carnegie Hall right away, kind of like. Um...
1: Or is it a reference to a self help book?
0: Maybe I like it. It's a it's an interesting uh, question. <laughs> it's like it. Oh, excuse me. I'm looking for the White House. I'm supposed to be president. In uh, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, anyway. Not sure if there's uh, a reference pop culture there. Marialine with two dollars says, "Let's hear about Rucka's moped crash on Clubhouse." We'll see. We'll see if we have time. Um, I brought up uh, the like rationalism versus empiricism dichotomy um, earlier on, and in the chat, Scott said he quoted. Somewhat paraphrasingly, uh Yaron Brooke um saying that like it seems like almost a necessary a necessary thing that objectivists go through, like students of objectivism, because they're they're taking on this new philosophy that they did not come up with. And this is me talking. I don't know if Yaron put it this way, but I think he did. You're your your Ryan Rand came up with this this philosophy from the ground up. You and me were we started, we went through life with various different ideas, and now we're Getting this finished product and trying to integrate it and there's a very high likelihood of floating away and being detached from reality and oftentimes moralistic like wagging our finger at at the world and just it and hopefully then coming back to earth and integrating it all. Um, It's a fascinating topic obviously uh, it's not the topic of today's show per se but. um, It's a it's just a wonderful topic, so I I just wanted to bring it up again and maybe inspire uh another episode about that another super chat from christopher with 279 canadian he says do people really repress traumatic incidents i mean clearly they do don't they forget them don't people the victims of abuse or various things basically forget that it happened so it wouldn't isn't that repression
1: uh they don't forget they happen they either dissociate when the event is brought up they dissociate from it or they avoid it. I hold on. I just my laptop's about to run out of battery. Hold on. Sorry, very unprofessional. There we go. Um, you can have. You can think of some. This is an analogy I use with trauma, uh, with clients who 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 very much have traumatic symptoms. I say you have this event or response to this event up in your face, and you have you have two options. You can either look straight at it, and that's going to be extremely painful. Or you can adapt. This is usually in ch- with children who don't have the capacity to really avoid that. Or you can adapt and look away all the time. And what's that going to do? It's going to cause tremendous neck ache and impede, and so on. But yeah, there are, there are many events that are just too painful for you to go to. You come too flooded. Your working memory gets completely overwhelmed when you go there. So um, maybe we should do a do a whole thing on trauma one time. What, what actually happens and the types of trauma because the there, there are two types of trauma as well there's post-traumatic stress disorder which is really a response to something that did happen to you the explosion the abuse the assault whatever it is and then there's the trauma from what didn't happen to you the neglect and they're two quite different things and you 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 treat PTSD by taking away those symptoms but how do you take away something that's not there so developmental trauma requires quite a different way of of, of working, you work with it in a very different way. You're, you you actually have to develop what we call the corrective experience, and fill that void. So it's, it's, there's there's so much we can talk about this, but to answer that question earlier, yes, memories yes. memories can be repressed, avoided, evaded, dissociated from, because a, a, a traumatic memory is fragmented, and so, so that's why. You, and some memories are so so um traumatic that when you access it the brokers area the brain here switches off and you can't talk so you you've always police are always complaining they go to an accident and they ask people what happened and people are like well there was an uh, ex but you know you you literally can't talk so there, there's a whole thing about hyperfrontality and so on which is more technical stuff but actually there's there's many reasons why you can't remember you can't remember it all clearly, and with the right treatment, you can. With the right treatment, you can. Uh, you can deal with the past,
0: and I'll say one go. last time: have something in the in front of you that you're moving towards, or else what? It, what's it all for? What's it all for? Um, and that's the the only way you'll muster the energy, the effort that it takes to to do all this very difficult work is if you have something positive that you're motivated towards. Let
2: me give an example, a very concrete example on this, not not with uh, trauma, but with self-development. I remember many years ago, uh, I read the book called The Miracle Morning. It was before this fashion that people would wake up very early in the morning. Anyway, I like the idea, so I, I said I'd try it. So I did it one day, two days, and then there the was like, okay, you're doing a job that you don't like. So what's the point of waking up so early in the morning? What for? So I, w- I would wake up and read the uh, Mises or Rothbard or something like that, so like as an escape for my life that didn't go anywhere professionally. And after two, three days, I remember my then girlfriend said, do you like your job? I said, no. So why do you wake up early to work towards something that you don't like? What's the point? And then I realized, Yeah, OK, what am I doing? So now that Raga said towards a positive, I kind of remember this to to develop to self develop, you need to self develop towards something. You don't do this in a vacuum. You don't do this. Oh, I'm gonna wake up early in the morning to do what? I mean, okay, yeah, if you play video games till six in the morning, the mere fact that you get a bit more disciplined, and you sleep early and wake up early is good in itself. But it needs to be within a particular context and a particular purpose to use ragas term a positive so I totally, I totally get that. Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean, doing something you enjoy gets old real quick if you don't have a bigger uh, objective that you're moving towards. So just playing video games is—it's going to get boring or just unsatisfying. But if you want to be a professional gamer, and as, as much as I struggle to recognize that as a valid career, it clearly is uh, a very lucrative one, and uh, it's it's a basically a form of sport in this in this modern age. Uh, if you're working towards that, then. Yes, in your spare time, practice, 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 enjoy it, but also challenge yourself and all of that. So having goals, look, uh, you know, anyone with a with a job that they don't like, I would say, well, at least you get to work on something else that your work that you're pac- that you are passionate about in your spare time. Find the spare time, make the spare time, think about what about working on it when you're at you're stuck at your job and all of that. So um,
1: yeah. I guess we're ready to
0: call it a wrap and move over to clubhouse.
1: Thank you. See you on Sunday. Those of you who uh, want to do this Q&A on resilience, I'll be there answering your questions. Looking forward to it.
0: Awesome. Resilience, see you, uh, or Josh will see you there on Sunday. Thank you, Josh, for joining us here today. Pleasure. Thank you, Nikos. Uh, We don't thank you enough. Thank you for being here. Um, And uh, thank you all, everyone, for watching. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the comments. Please leave a like on this video and leave a comment on the video see you all later today coming up the integrating investor at noon pacific whatever that means to you and um tv talk Mad Men season three is going to be discussed compared and contrasted with atlas shrugged by the writers and producers of the hopefully upcoming show the strike mark pellegrino will be there plus lots of fun and rosie ginsburg will be there as well uh so that's coming up in a few hours from now i think 2 p.m pacific time if not 1 p.m pacific time i'm sorry but i i truly don't know uh see you anyway it's all happening here on the channel um and see you on clubhouse now and goodbye